Do you feel sorry for Theresa May? Sometimes I do. I mean, she's being held. Why yeah. do you feel sorry for her? Sometimes I do. Why do you feel sorry for her? Well, I just look at her and just think she looks dreadful. Um, what the actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business? And the, the stuff about me paddling all the nonsense the sea was actually closed. It was a, a red notice. You just can't call it. We will not be caught with no clothes on. I've always been a completely normal UK tax player. It's not in opposition that I want to be, and it's Nicola's desk I want. I want to serve this country <laughs> as First <laughs> Minister <laughs> and its Labour values. You can have the desk, you're just not getting the job. <laughs> If you've been to Peppa Pig World, who's been to Pads? I've anybody who's been to Peppa Pig World. In December, I'll be in Beijing opening up new pork markets. I mean, seriously, besties, what the actual fuck? Hey, besties. I'm Jennifer Wan, and this is What the Actual Fuck is Going On with This Whole Politics Business. I've had a bit of a busy week. You may have caught the bonus episode a few days back um, because a certain someone decided that they needed to be dreadful. Um, So you can check out uh, an episode solely dedicated to Boris Johnson being a mess, um, as always. (laughs) Um, But right now we're going to be talking about everything else that happened this week. So grab yourself a drink a snack and get comfy and cozy because we are about to dive into it. So speaking of Boris, um, like I said, we did a whole episode about his appearance at the Privileges Committee, but if you want a quick summary, he basically sat there and just lied and lied and lied and tried to condescend and patronise and just nonsense his way out of the fact that he was having illegal parties knowing full well that it was illegal and laughing in the face of the entire British public. Um... And you know what? It turns out maybe the British public are not buying it. This week on Question Time, um, this week on Question Time, the audience were asked if they believed that Boris Johnson was telling the truth at his Privilege Committee hearing. Hmm. Well, nobody did. Not one person in the audience would say that they believed him. Um, I don't blame them because it's pretty obvious that that bitch was lying, 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 like he'd never lied before. So, you know, it's, it's like I said, I, I, I think that Boris Johnson is somebody who vastly underestimates, uh, the public. There are some people who, uh, should I name names? No, I'm not going to name names. But there are some people, right, who who are as enthusiastic about politics as I am. And, and they like to, you know, whinge and complain and be like, oh, the public is so stupid. The public do this, the public do that. They keep voting this and voting that. I, I don't think that the British public are stupid, actually. Is that a controversial opinion? Is that a hot take? I don't know. But I, I, I do think... Certainly, at least when it comes to Boris Johnson, the the British public are absolutely 
like any illusion that they had that he was a good guy or he was a fun guy. He's he's Boris. He's one of the lads. It's gone. And they see him for exactly who he is. A liar, a schemer, a spoiled brat and a complete mess who never should have been in power at all. And they see that. They really, really do. Um... You know, obviously, you can't you can't rely on uh, on on the audience of Question Time alone to know these things, but I I think it's significant. Um, I I really do. I I feel that you know this is one more step along the road, not just to getting rid of Boris Johnson, but also getting rid of a Conservative government. So I'm happy with it. Um, Boris Johnson has actually been reselected as the Conservative candidate for his seat of Uxbridge and South Ryslip. I don't know. I I think that his local Conservative Association are going to regret that choice in the future. I really do. Because I think, first and foremost, I think Boris Johnson is a very delusional man. I don't think he's stupid, but I think he is somewhat delusional. He has like a delusional confidence about him um, in that he thinks that if he just says the right things and maybe spends money in the right places and throws his weight about a bit, that everything will be fine and people will just fall into line and tell him what he wants to hear and life will just go on as Boris wants it to go on. But I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so the last time that Boris Johnson had to fight an election in his constituency, he still had his happy-go-lucky, you know, fucking panel show guest persona. You know, he was that guy from Have I Got News For You. He was the bumbling mayor. He still had that aura. He still had that vibe. But now he's just been completely exposed. He's been completely exposed in so many ways and opposing candidates are going to have so much dirt. There are so many people that have been affected by Boris Johnson's actions, by his completely unserious conduct as Prime Minister. I mean, that's obviously going to play a part in, in this, I think. And, you know, if, if he was good at his job on a constituency level, if he was working hard in his constituency, showing up for his constituents, being there, holding surgeries, meeting with people, sorting out their problems on a local level, he might stand a chance. However, however, every time someone looks into his work as a constituency MP, you find fuck all because he doesn't appear to do any constituency work really. Um, and I, I think when he was prime minister, that could perhaps, I don't want to say overlooked because I don't think it should be. But, you know, there might be some voters who might be able to sort of be like, oh, well, you know, he's the prime minister. He's busy. And look, he's, he's doing prime minister things. But now he's not the prime minister. He's just some random backbencher with an attitude. And I I think that could be the, the thing that pushes these people over the edge. Um, They've had to watch him fucking up repeatedly as prime minister and then now that he doesn't have being prime minister to distract him from what should be his priority his constituents he he still can't be bothered with them so i i 
I think maybe he's got a lot of confidence and he ought not to have. Um, <laughs> but maybe, perhaps, that confidence comes from the fact that he has a one simp army in the form of Nadine Doris because she was once again being incredibly unhinged in regards to Boris Johnson. <laughs> I just, I just want to know what the deal is with this. I just want to know. I, I just want to know. Like, what, what the fuck is going on with her? It, somebody should just sit her down and talk to her about self-respect, about how to act in a public setting. I Sit the girl down and make her watch Bridget Jones' Diary. Listen, you watch Bridget Jones' Diary as a woman, you will feel confident in yourself. You will feel good in yourself. And you will not take shit from anybody. And you will not allow yourself to be a doormat for some dumb idiot like Boris Johnson. I, I'm telling you. if it, Listen, I'm sure it probably works for men too. If you're ever feeling a bit lacking in confidence, you don't believe in yourself, you need to watch Bridget Jones' Diary and you will feel so good about yourself because you'll be like, yes, I am Bridget and I can be assertive and I can be confident and I can succeed in things. I can do it. I can. In fact, I may watch Bridget Jones' Diary after this. I'm <laughs> That's just popped into my head. I might do that. Um, and also, um, just to link it back to, to politics, as everybody knows, uh, Mark Darcy from Bridget Jones' Diary May or may not be, but I'm leaning towards maybe because it's funny as fuck, based on Keir Starmer, the leader of the opposition and the leader of the Labour Party. So it, it's just, I, I think about that all the time. Um, <laughs> but Nadine, she's not quite in her Bridget Jones era yet. She is, I can't remember the girl's name, but there's one of Bridget's friends who is always crying over her shit boyfriend and he treats her really poorly and she's always crying and, and screaming about how he's such a bastard. Um, and I think the boyfriend's name is Trevor. And the, the, the lady is played by the, the woman who's, who's moaning Myrtle in Harry Potter. Um, and, oh, and she's also, she's the, the, the the one who's in love with Tommy Lee Royce in, in Happy Valley. I'm, I'm so sorry to that lady, but I cannot remember her name. But anyway, the point is, this lady's always whinging and crying about her shit boyfriend. And I feel like that is where Nadine is. And she needs to level the fuck up and get into her Bridget era. Because girl, this is just sad at this point. She's like obsessed with him. It's, it's giving paparazzi by Lady Gaga, but like unironically, which is really sad. Like it's, it's really fucking sad actually. Um, but she was on a Friday night with Nadine, the, the best Friday night show that is made by a cringe uh, person who is also an MP, who is also from Liverpool and once inexplicably qualified to work as a nurse, who is called Nadine. Um, so she was on Friday night with Nadine and she was uh, she was just losing her shit about Boris at the Privileges Committee. She was insisting that it was all a setup, it was all a scam. Oh, the committee was never going to find Boris innocent. Well, darling, I mean... <laughs> 
he literally did mislead the house, you know. Parties were happening in his house. He was in attendance at some of these parties, but he stood up in the House of Commons and said he didn't know nothing about it. So, yes, he obviously misled the House. So, technically, she's right. Technically, she's right. The committee was not going to find him to be innocent because it's obvious that he lied. But the, the committee was, you know... Their findings are not based on the fact that they're corrupt or anti-Boris. They're, they're based on the fact that he's a fucking idiot who, who literally got himself into this situation through sheer arrogance. Sheer fucking arrogance. There is no way that people can be having parties in your house where you live and you can attend some of these parties, you can be photographed at some of these parties, you can have your spokesperson go out and joke about how to respond when the press find out about these parties, and then you stand up, you stand up in the House of Commons and say, I didn't know nothing, Governor. Of course, they're not going to find you innocent because you're obviously guilty. But of course, Nadine, she she doesn't quite get how all this connects. So she's just screaming about how it's all a fucking conspiracy. Um, girl, <laughs> so embarrassing. So fucking embarrassing. Um, so she was, she was on TV. Well, I mean, it's, 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 it's talk TV, is that, I mean, it's real TV, but like, is it? Um, screaming her conspiracies about her precious bean, Boris. Um, it's quite interesting, actually. Um, there was a, a moment in a recent, um, evidence session for the Digital Media and Sport Select Committee, and they asked, um, they, they effectively asked Ofcom, hey, it's, it's pretty much a breach of rules for conservative MPs or any MPs to, to be interviewing each other on TV. And yet Tories keep doing it. Are you going to do anything about that? And off come a bit like, I'm, I'm sorry, you want us to do our jobs as a regulatory body? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> wow, that's, that's, wow, okay fuck well fuck you john nicholson <laughs> like it, it, it's not like he's making an audacious request i think it's a fair point i mean we've had obviously nadine is doing her thing um esther mcveigh is is a tv host now and they you know you see a lot on gb news talk tv you'll see tory mps interviewing tory mps you know uh, you'll have Tory MPs interviewing their own government's ministers, giving them lovely little softball questions. And this is going out on television. And I'm sorry, but that's obviously not right. But uh, off comma like, well, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Fucking hell. It's, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> Um, speaking of ridiculous and also MPs on the television, Lee Anderson, the Conservative Deputy Chair, is also on the television now, as you may have heard. And it turns out he will be earning £100,000 a year 
for eight hours of work a week hosting a show on GB News. So we're in a cost of living crisis where people in full-time work are struggling financially. People who are working 40-hour weeks who can't afford the basics. And Lee Anderson, not only does he get his MP salary, he also gets £100,000 a year to vomit nonsense at a camera on GB News. I can't. I can't with these people, man. I, I just fucking can't. I especially can't with him because... <laughs> Because he himself came out against this kind of thing during the Owen Patterson scandal. So that was a little while back. You may remember, but just in case you didn't, here's a little catch up. Um, So it turned out Owen Patterson, who was a Tory MP, was earning a fuck ton of money in extra work outside of his work as an MP. Um, And Lee Anderson at the time commented on that and said... We are paid handsomely for the job we do. And if you need an extra 100000 a year on top, then you should really be looking for another job. Look for another job, Lee, because frankly, I think your constituents deserve better. I mean, <laughs> this shit is, it's obscene. I mean, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. And I, I do think we ought to be concerned about the fact that these channels you know especially stuff like gb news but also to a lesser extent because they they do have like proper actual people on there sometimes talk tv have effectively just become vanity channels for conservative mps i mean this is just (laughs) what the fuck man what the actual fuck but speaking of tory mps uh as well as one independent um seeking out extra jobs and extra money. (laughs) Oh, girl. These greedy, greedy pigs. Oh, my God. So, led by Donkeys, which is um, a a campaign group that I I think kind of started off because of Brexit, and now they do all kinds of things. They decided to to basically set up a sting operation. They were like, it's time. We're going to trap some people. I'm living for it. I, I I think it's funny. I mean, in a sense, they're, they're telling us things we already know because I think everybody knows that there are a number of MPs who are, as I said, greedy, greedy pigs. Um, and they're just out for whatever they can get. Um, so maybe we're not learning anything new. But I do think it is important to to keep reiterating that message. There have been some people that have criticised them for this and said, oh, it's, you know, it's it's not that sensational. We all knew that they were on the take. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, the more we can keep this going and keep making people aware of this, the better things will be. I think people should know these things, you know. So I'm, I, I'm okay with it. I vibe with it. So they... <laughs> They set up a fake company, um, a fake South Korean consultancy company, and they set up like this whole thing and they were trying to interview MPs 
four jobs at this fake company to find out basically whether the MPs would take these ridiculous fucking fake made up jobs. Um, to be quite honest, a lot of consultancy work that MPs do is bollocks. It's it's complete nonsense. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I do feel that, that we need to know about this. I, I think it's fair for us to know. So um, there were a number of MPs who were approached. Uh, one of the biggest names was <laughs> the world's biggest attention seeker and perhaps the greediest pig of all, Matt Hancock. Uh, yeah, there's a surprise. <laughs> Matt Hancock um, interviewed for one of the roles at this fake company and he said that his rate of pay would have to be 1000 500 pounds an hour. <laughs> Go for what? I'm sorry, but for what? For actually what? Like, this is a guy, this is a guy who has failed at, at just so many, just so much, so much. A man who behaved disgustingly during the COVID pandemic, who is only interested in himself, in getting some attention, getting some money. Like, wh what would you even be paying him for? I don't... <laughs> I don't understand. What expertise does he actually have? Like, I'm I'm actually asking. Like, people can say, oh, yeah, yeah, well, he was health secretary. Great. Well, he doesn't have any health knowledge. um, Because, I mean, if he did, if he did, he would not have done all of the fucked up things he did during the pandemic. Because anybody with any level of medical training would know that that was fucking stupid. Fucking dumb. Fucking ridiculous. Um, but Matt Hancock was not alone. Um, there were other, <laughs> uh, there were other MPs who were duped by this fake company. Um, Kwasi Kwarteng attended a preliminary meeting and he agreed in principle to be paid a daily rate and said that he did not require a king's ransom. Oh, well, that's very good of him, isn't it? Oh, wow. How lovely. <laughs> um so so graham brady also attended he is the chair of the 1922 committee and he attended an online meeting for the fake company and he was asked about the limits on arranging meetings and he said that he could not advocate on behalf of the interest but said he might be able to advise the firm on who to approach in the government and he said his rate was £6,000 a day. Fucking hell. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. £6,000 a day. I mean, Christ. That's, that's like three times some people's wages for a month. And he wants that for a day. For, for literally what? For literally what? I mean, some people have argued that this isn't against the rules. And okay, 
sure it's not. But perhaps that means that the rules are bullshit. Because why, why do you think that companies would want to approach MPs? Like I said, it's not because they have any special knowledge or skills, because most of them don't. Matt Hancock, for example, has no skills. He has no talents. He has no secret insight. All he has is access to people more powerful than himself who can make things happen for companies who need that access. That's what these companies are paying for. And I'm sorry, but it isn't right that companies should be able to buy access like that. Yeah, okay, so some people might say, oh, well, it's within the rules. Well, the rules are broken then, aren't they? I mean, <laughs> it, it should not be so easy to be able to buy access if you have enough wealth. It shouldn't be. And the fact that there are so many who are keen to keep things that way, to me, is very telling. Andy Burnham, what the fuck is this? I understand why the girlies on Mumsnet don't like him very much. So Andy Burnham, who's a former Labour MP and currently the mayor of Manchester, he has been in a little bit of trouble. He has received six penalty points on his driving licence and a £2,000 fine for driving 78 miles per hour in a 40 mile per hour zone. Now listen, I can't drive and I can't really do maths, but even I know that's really bad. Andy, sweetie, what the fuck was going on? God, what was this? What on earth? Um, so he said, I acknowledge that at 78 miles per hour, I was going too fast and accept the court's decision. Well, that's nice. But, sweetie, they have speeding, like, regulations for a reason. I just, listen, listen. Being behind the wheel of a car is a really big fucking responsibility. I mean, being the mayor of a huge area is also a really big responsibility. And, and frankly, I, I would, you know... I, I would say the two kind of go hand in hand, actually. I, I do think that we should expect responsible behaviour from politicians. I know some people will say, oh, but they're human, they're human, they're human. But like, yes, yes, of course, of course. But I mean, it's not hard to not speed, my dude. It's not hard. Okay, so yeah, he's he's taking the punishment. But to be honest, a 2K fine, that's changed to him. Be real. And six penalty points. Like, I, I'm not saying jail the man. But I'm saying maybe send him back to driving school. Because, I mean, 78 is a much bigger number than 40. And I think that's something that you would realise was going on. And it does make me question his judgement, to be real. Speaking of people whose judgment I question, Liz Truss, Elizabeth is back in the news. <laughs> Did you miss her? 
she certainly missed the attention. So Liz Truss, former Prime Minister, Queen of Disaster, has... um. <laughs> She has uh, released her resignation honours list. Bizarrely, she's allowed to have one, even though she was prime minister for less than 50 days. I mean, I mean, girl. So who has she added? Uh, <laughs> she's added one of her aides, a Tory donor, um, one of the senior people in the IEA and oh my god <laughs> oh, who who was an advocate for trossonomics which lest we forget literally crashed the economy and Brexit enthusiast I guess Matthew Elliott so they're all being shipped off to the House of Lords to, to effectively just have a really luxurious life and occasionally have to turn up to vote if they feel like it. But if they don't feel like it, no bother. I Listen, reform, maybe even get rid of the House of Lords. I'm kind of leaning more to get rid of, to be honest. But um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, this is, this is fucking ridiculous. I mean, the idea that prime ministers get to just chuck people into the House of Lords when they resign is stupid anyway. Um, but especially someone like Liz Truss. She was prime minister for like five minutes. I... <laughs> I mean, come the fuck on. Elizabeth, really? Girl, really? I can't with her. Honestly, she is too fucking much. I, uh, mm -mm. I can't. It's 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 so dumb, so fucking dumb. Um, speaking of so fucking dumb, <laughs> the girls are fighting. Well, the Tories are fighting anyway. Um, in the WhatsApp groups, over WhatsApp groups. So, <laughs> oh dear. It was uh, a little bit fucking chaotic this week. I don't know why the the Tories take WhatsApp groups as seriously as they do, but for some reason they do. And that is really, really sad. Um, so apparently Steve Baker, um, very, very enthusiastic Brexit supporter, um, as we've discussed many times. He was one of the admins in the official ERG WhatsApp group, the European Research Group, which was all about making sure that Brexit happened in a in the way that they wanted or something. Um, so he apparently started removing people from the WhatsApp group saying that Brexit was done and the group was now pointless. Um, <laughs> and so a screenshot actually leaked um, of, of the group chat while this was going on. Um, and Steve Barker was, Steve Barker, Steve Baker, there we go, was asked, can you remove yourself as admin, please, rather than throw me out? That would be great. And Steve Baker just says, no. <laughs> 
I don't I don't know why they want to keep the group to be I I, I don't know. Maybe maybe they all became friends, maybe they're like posting memes, I don't know. Um and he said, colleagues, with apologies, I'm about to empty this group and delete it. <laughs> it's not that serious, guys. It's just a WhatsApp group. I mean, you could you could just make another one. It's never that deep, my friends. Well, they're not my friends. They would never be my friends. But um, Steve Baker was then thrown out of one of the other ERG WhatsApp groups uh, <laughs> um, with a source apparently saying, with the best will of the world, Steve has moved on. <laughs> I just, is is this what Tories do in their spare time? Get really, really uppity about what's up? I... <laughs> oh this shit's fucking dumb bro so fucking d there are there are people with real problems and these bitches are crying over whatsapp groups i can't okay so let's get to someone who's actually you know doing serious adult things because she's a serious grown-up so this week was nicola sturgeon's last week as first minister um it was a little emotional. It was a little emotional at Hollywood, I'm not gonna lie. So she had her last first minister's questions. Um there was <laughs> there was some drama um because <laughs> there were protesters in the in the in the chamber and they started yelling um at Humza Youssef and Ash Regan for some reason but the the feed cut out before you could hear what they said so you could just hear them shout Humza Youssef Ash Regan and then it cut out and I was like oh I kind of wanted to know what that was about but okay okay girl all right bye <laughs> uh but then they they got back um so it was it was an end of an era moment I'm not gonna lie it was it was a little, it was a little emotional for me because, you know, it was just a big thing. It was a big thing. Um, she she gave some remarks as well, uh, talking about her career, thanking all of the people that had helped her along the way. Um, and there was kind of this weird juxtaposition because this you know she gave those remarks after first minister's questions and before that <laughs> you know in, in sort of the last moments douglas ross the leader of the scottish conservatives um he was being his usual classless self having little digs being a little bitch as per usual and then he tried to be all nice for a second after she, you know, gave her sort of final speech um, and in response as, you know, leader of the opposition, he's kind of trying to be a nice person. And then it seemed to just get away from him. And I think he just sort of gave up on that, um, which which makes sense. It, it, it's just the kind of guy he is, I think. Um, so we've got a, a couple more days to... Well, the next time you hear from me, there will be uh, a new leader 
of the SNP. So I guess we'll see what's happening with that. Um, it has been a uh, an interesting time, <laughs> an interesting leadership uh, contest, and it's coming to a close. So we will see what happens in the next few days. Who's going to be the new leader of the SNP? We will find out. Um, and on a completely different subject, I have to tell you this because this, this killed me when I saw about it. It absolutely just destroyed me. Um, so apparently conservative MPs are incredibly angry that Google's new AI chatbot has said that Brexit was a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, so they're now accusing this this AI chatbot, right? It's artificial intelligence. Um, they're accusing this chatbot of being left wing and being very, very biased. Uh, so the chatbot is named Bard. Hey, girl. Hope you're doing well. Um, apparently, according to the Tories, uh, Bard is a a woke lefty liberal or something. Um, because Bard said, I think Brexit was a bad idea. I believe the UK would have been better off remaining in the EU. <laughs> same girl, same. <laughs> Baby girl, same. Um... I don't I don't think that this is evidence of some kind of left wing bias, especially because there are members of the Conservative Party and there are people on the right who also believe that Brexit was a bad idea. And they've been very open about this. So I don't think it is a left wing idea to say that Brexit was not great. And there are also people on the left who think that Brexit was great and very much support Brexit. So I don't think you can actually say that Brexit is a left or right issue, really. Um but on top of that, I would assume, not to pretend I know everything about chatbots, because I don't, but I, I would assume that the, the chatbot uses, you know, sort of information that's out there to come up with, with answers and responses. And so given that there is a lot of evidence that actually the UK is in a much weaker position post-Brexit, I guess it makes sense that an AI chatbot would decide that they think Brexit was bad and that the UK would have been better off in the EU because, well, all the evidence we have kind of points to that being the truth. So I just, I just want Bard to be left alone. She's not doing anything wrong. She is just living her best life and she deserves peace and quiet. So leave her the fuck alone, Tories. I don't care that you're mad at her. She did nothing wrong. So a report was released about the Metropolitan Police this week. And for some people, obviously it covered some ground that they were already familiar with. Things like institutional racism, homophobia, misogyny within the Metropolitan Police. Um, 
but obviously for some people things like that are going to be quite shocking to hear and they're going to be quite surprised and I I understand that and I don't I, I don't judge those people because I think sometimes well just generally everybody has different experiences you know um with with the police one of the things I remember when it comes to the Metropolitan Police is when I used to live in London I would quite often get searched um, by police officers for literally no reason I don't have a criminal record um and I don't buy that I constantly looked like a suspect um so I, I would effectively be being searched for no reason but of course the the reason was that I am you know I'm 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 mixed race, I'm an ethnic minority. And so in the Metropolitan Police's eyes, that makes me more likely to be doing crime. So <laughs> um, one of the things that was quite common is that if I were with a white person, they wouldn't be searched, but I would. And the police would come up with some kind of reason as to why that was happening. And the white person that was with me would always be very shocked and upset by that and wouldn't understand why I was trying to tell them to leave it and not make a big deal out of it. Because I knew that if they did, number one, it's going to get worse for me. And number two, they they could get themselves hurt or in trouble too. And I didn't want that. But it's hard when when they're having a different experience to me and then they're suddenly confronted with this horrible thing and they want to try and help, but they 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 can't and they don't know how and it's all horrible and it's, it's confusing. So um, I think for some people, this was definitely a wake up call, something that very much shocked and surprised them. But for quite a lot of us, it, it was stuff that we already were aware of. Um, Suella Braverman, however, the Home Secretary, is living in a delusional land. <laughs> so the the report stated that the Metropolitan Police was institutionally racist. Now, this has been something that has been um, said about the Metropolitan Police, as well as other police forces, for a very long time, primarily because it's the truth. Um, you know, these are... This is the same police force that, rather than investigating and trying to find out who killed Stephen Lawrence, they harassed his family who who had done nothing wrong. They harassed the grieving family and bothered and stalked them basically for years. His, his grieving family, instead of finding out who murdered him. Like, come on. Um, obviously, it's a high high rate of violence um and 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 attacks from police effectively against ethnic minorities of course we we are we're more likely to be stopped and and searched or asked questions for no reason and so i i i'm sorry but i find it hard to believe that that's not institutional racism and, 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 you know, this report was not put together in like five minutes on a shitty little PowerPoint or something. This is something that obviously a lot of work went into. So, you know, I, I, I would think 
that the Home Secretary would have the the humility to take it on board and say, okay, how can we learn from this? How can we be better? But no, she's living in denial. And she said that she refuses to accept that the Metropolitan Police is institutionally racist and that she believes institutional racism to be a politically charged term. Girl, shut up. (laughs) Girl, shut the fuck up. Shut that entire fuck up. Come on. Like, I I I I get it. She's the home secretary. It looks bad on her if she concedes and says, yes, institutional racism is obviously visible here. We need to do something about this. But at some point, you have to realize that you need to stop going into defense mode and go into right, we need to do something about this mode. I, I I can't think of a word for what that mode would be, but still. The problem with Rishi Sunak's administration, and, and not just him, actually, pretty much every conservative administration we've ever had, is that their default response to any kind of criticism is to basically pretend that actually everything is fine and nothing needs to be fixed, nothing needs to be reformed, nothing ever needs to change because everything is always fine. And so nothing gets better. People would have a lot more respect for Rishi Sunak's administration if they were honest and they were open and they said, okay, this is wrong. This shouldn't be happening. And we're going to do something about it. There was a moment in Prime Minister's Questions where Keir Starmer asked Rishi Sunak about effectively, effectively joining him to try and reform the police and reform policing in the UK so that things are better, fairer, victims of crime get the help and support that they need, crime rates can go down, um, innocent people are not being bothered, um, you know, all of these things that basically need to happen so that we can, as as a public, regain trust in the police again because Whether the government wants to admit it or not, a lot of trust has been lost in the police across the UK um, for a number of different reasons. I mean, institutional racism being one of them, of course. Um, Don't forget the homophobia, the misogyny. Heavy-handed policing for no fucking reason at points during COVID, as well as the police basically ignoring the government, blatantly breaking the law at many points. A lot of people don't have trust in their local police forces um, or other police forces across the UK. And so it would make sense for the Sunak administration to want to do something about that. Um, And Keir Starmer, he was extending an an olive branch. He was saying, come on, let's work together on this. Look, we've got ideas. Listen to us. Take it on board. And Rishi Sunak, he just he just didn't want to fucking listen. He just kept banging on about everything being fine. We're doing this, we're doing that. There was nothing in there that would actually make things better. Nothing Rishi was saying would make things better. It was just nonsense. And it wouldn't be seen as weak for him to want to work with anybody who wanted to help to make things better. It would actually be seen as very strong, but he's too thick to see it. He's too dumb to fucking see it. And I... (laughs) I don't even know what to say. Speaking of Tories that are too thick, too dumb. Um, 
Angela Kilmartin, who is a councillor in Essex, and she's a Conservative councillor, has been suspended. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is so... I can't, I can't. Uh, she's been suspended after posting online this. I don't want pride sex flags along my high street. I don't even want heterosexual flags along my high street. Sex is for the bedroom and private life, not for displaying preferences in public. <laughs> Listen, at this point, I have to laugh at these things or I would have weekly breakdowns. Um, okay, sweetie. Um, first and foremost, uh, pride flags are not actually... I mean, generally speaking, they're not entirely or even mostly about sex. Um, I mean, if we're going, you know, just with the original rainbow flag, uh, I believe there's only one stripe of that that's that's dedicated uh to sex it's 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 not even like and there's quite a few stripes on there so i i wouldn't call them sex flags personally um <laughs> secondly have you considered that if the uk had not historically been quite a homophobic place the lgbt community would not have to even have things like pride flags you know and it's not even just the uk obviously you know across the world homophobia has always been present and in many places and in fact i'd say everywhere really still is have you considered that perhaps that's why we need to have like these little little symbols just to make us feel a little bit better about ourselves and and to feel a sense of community and and pride in who we are like if you guys didn't work so hard at making us hate ourselves we wouldn't be in this situation my love i go <laughs> and besides like okay so maybe there aren't heterosexual sex flags along the streets but i tell you what there are there are lingerie ads perfume ads where you've got male and female couples all up on each other you see those ads on the tv too on the tube all kinds of things all over the uk actually there is there there is tons of heterosexual sex stuff going on in advertising and i don't whinge about it i don't complain I mean, listen, I'm not going to be having any heterosexual sex myself, but I'm not going to complain at you guys doing that. <laughs> I mean, look, maybe you could blame the advertising industry or something, but like, I don't know. <laughs> and to, to be honest, I don't think that when people look at, for example, like a gay pride flag or whatever, I don't think people's instant thought is sex. And if if that is your instant thought, then I, I don't know, maybe... Maybe you're a little obsessed with us. I don't know. Um, uh, I I actually um, I have a, a ring that has the lesbian flag design on it, um, and it's. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not so that I can advertise myself to available lesbians because, well. 
even if I tried, I dress too much like a heterosexual for them to notice. Um, but it's more about just me and, and myself and having a little thing that I can look at sometimes and just think, yeah, this is me and that's okay. Because I spent a long time not being okay with that. And that wasn't because of some kind of intrinsic bias that I had because nobody is born homophobic for example nobody is born thinking oh you know who's bad you know who I hate homosexuals I was not born thinking that the environment you know living living in a a a country where growing up and realizing that I was it was a a terrifying lesbian because when I was a kid and on TV the only lesbians you ever saw were scary and predatory um but very beautiful in my opinion but that's by the by you know growing up and hitting puberty and discovering oh god I think I am that predatory lesbian oh god what do I do that's scary growing up in a country where where I had to wait until a few years into adulthood before it was even legal for me to get married to another woman. Growing up in... I I feel like I have to tell this story every single time I talk about this, but still, it's worth repeating because I am telling you, I will have my revenge on Kent County Council. I will forever be exposing them for what they did. Um... But growing up in a school system where our local council brought in the same anti-gay legislation that meant our teachers could not tell somebody like me that I was normal and that how I was feeling was normal and that there wasn't anything wrong with me. I spent so much of my life terrified of who I was hiding it because I hated it and so now that I'm out of that era and I don't hate myself well I do sometimes but like I'm working on it I have it just on my hand and I just look down at it sometimes and I'm like yeah this is who I am and that's okay because that's what these flags really are it's not it's not about sex not really it's just about saying I'm okay, there's nothing wrong with me. And if it were not for the fact that many of us have been made to feel our whole lives that we aren't okay and that there is something wrong with us, perhaps these flags wouldn't be needed. But that happened and there's nothing we can do about that. So this is this is how we're dealing with it. You know? So perhaps if you if you didn't want the sex flags along your high street. Angela, you should perhaps not have joined a party that played a big part in making many of us hate ourselves. And then they wouldn't be necessary. Girl, I'm just saying. Um, But she's planning to step down as a counsellor anyway, so... (laughs) The alphabet mafia strikes again. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. There's not even a conspiracy theory, it's not a thing. (laughs) It's not a thing. We 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 don't have that. We don't have that. I wish we did, but we don't. Um, <laughs> can you imagine? 
oh my god it would be my chance to be a mafia wife that would be so cute oh my god if there are any girlies out there who want to be like a don and want a trophy wife i am available hi anyway government scamming government scheming the National Audit Office has confirmed that of the £1.1 billion that was given out fraudulently or in error to companies from COVID grants, only £11.4 million has actually been recovered. So that's only 1%, 1% of stolen money over a billion pounds of stolen money that Rishi Sunak happily gave out when he was chancellor, only 1% of that has actually been recovered. So when the government talks about how they can't give proper pay rises to our public sector workers, they can't invest in our schools and our hospitals and transport and things like that, I feel like we should remember that the government was happy to just throw away over a billion pounds and just give it to people randomly who obviously didn't need it. And who made those decisions? Rishi Sunak, he was at the top of that particular giving tree. I, I can't with him, I can't. It's non-stop scamming and scheming from this man. He really benefited from the fact that the Tories were effectively desperate for a leader after the disaster that was Liz Truss because I I it, I I just I don't see it happening for him any other way <laughs> um apart from the Tories being desperate to be honest um and TikTok <laughs> does that tie in I mean there are plenty of desperate people on TikTok I don't know uh <laughs> So TikTok is going to be blocked from parliamentary devices and the wider parliamentary network over cybersecurity concerns. Okay. I don't I don't really use TikTok all that regularly. It's not really an app for me at the moment, I don't think. Um I do know that quite a few Tories are on TikTok and they're pretty mad about this. Um, I know Grant Shapps posted a little attempt at a meme, I think. Uh, it was a clip from some movie uh, with Leo DiCaprio. I, I have not seen that movie, so I don't know the context. Um, and he was yelling about how he wasn't going. So I think it was Grant Shapps trying to say, I'm not going to leave TikTok. And it's like, okay, bitch, you could just like not leave TikTok. You didn't have to try and be funny, but okay, work. Um, I mean... Okay. Okay. I even if all government MPs were banned from TikTok, I don't really feel that anything would be lost. Personally, I <laughs> I don't think anything would be lost. Um I am aware that there is also um in the US um there are cyber concerns cyber security concerns about tiktok and there is um quite a lot of work going into that to sort of figure it out and see what they're going to do so it'll be interesting to see how this develops over the next few months um i do 
I, I, I do wonder why, though, to be honest, um, this wasn't something that was looked at before because this is a government, of course, one of their, um, well, <laughs> they've kind of ummed and odd as to whether it is a flagship policy or not, but I know they've been looking at the online safety bill and then they've dropped it and they picked it up again and dropped it and picked it up again. It's been a whole thing. Um, you know, so they... I, I would have thought that TikTok would have been something they'd have looked at a bit earlier, but okay. Um, um, I guess we'll see what happens. Maybe one day I'll actually use TikTok. I probably won't. I probably won't. I, I'll be real with you. I I have a TikTok account, but I don't really use it because I don't want to. <laughs> I just I just don't want to. Um, but maybe one day I will maybe you'll just you'll just see me be like hey hi welcome back to my channel um so today i'm gonna be uh playing fallout and shouting about boris johnson for 20 minutes and and that'll, that'll be my content as they call it uh <laughs> I would be so shared TikTok. I don't know. But I was actually for a brief time. I was I was very popular on like a TikTok clone. Um it was it was very big in in India and but then the app shut down, which is annoying because I had like almost a million followers. <laughs> but it's okay. Maybe I could get them on TikTok. I don't know. We'll see. You could switch out, like, the unhinged ramblings of Grant Shapps for the unhinged ramblings of me. Wouldn't that be a treat? Okay, besties. That's all for this week's episode. Now we'll catch you again next week. Love you. Bye. I nearly wet myself. Thanks for listening, bestie. I hope you enjoyed the show and I will see you again next time for a new episode of What the Actual Fuck is Going On With This Whole Politics Business. Uh, the, the stuff about me paddleboarding, nonsense, the sea was actually closed. It was a, a red notice. You just can't call it. We will not be caught with no clothes on. I've always been a completely normal UK tax player. It's not in opposition that I want to be and it's Nicola's desk I want. I want to serve this country as First Minister and it's Labour values. You can have the desk and just not get the job. I don't know if you've been to Peppa Pig World. Who's been to Pads? I've been been to Peppa Pig World. In December, I'll be in Beijing opening up new pork markets. I mean, seriously. What the actual fuck? Love you, bye.